Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to our weekly podcast here at Dreamcast Project. Every week we focus on a different topic related to our mission of helping everyone live a life of abundance, rediscover your passion and purpose, and discover how the life that you have been dreaming of is possible regardless of your starting point. Our topic this week is wealth, and I'm excited to introduce Melinda Hightower. A tax lawyer and financial analyst by trade, Melinda Hightower now runs a division of UBS focusing on multicultural investments. Melinda talks about a recent report on the wealth of black women and shares with us the importance of financial literacy, as well as some of the key ideas she has for building generational wealth amongst the global majority. An area I've personally enjoyed learning more about is investing and trading. I've always been a strong advocate of women managing their own money, and I love that I'm now able to actively make my money grow through what's previously been the secret of a few rich white males, the stock market. So join me as we learn more from Melinda Hightower. So it's really interesting when you think about it. These are women that have had enormous success, but they still struggle to talk about it. When we spoke with them, eight and 10 really wanted, were really focused on leaving an inheritance and said that it was something that was incredibly meaningful to them. And they had also taken steps to implement a plan, but more than half had not had a discussion about finances with their, with their inheritors, with their children, their, their nieces, their nephews, the people who were going to be responsible for carrying on that legacy. And that's really coming from a place of fear. When we talk to them specifically about what is it that you're concerned about when it comes to talking about wealth with your children, and one of the main concerns was that they thought it was going to ultimately impact the drive of their children, and they wanted their children to discover success on their own terms and not be focused on family wealth in order to do so. Well, I think one of the things that surprised me is the commitment to investing in black communities. Like first off, we all know that we've been, that buying black has been something that black communities have been focused on for so long. But to see that also show up in investing, that was the surprise for me that more and more um, black investors are saying, it's not just enough for me to put my money to work. I I wanna put it to work on behalf of the communities that I live in, the communities that look like me. Not something that was really incredibly surprising to me individually and I think to financial institutions more generally, because that means we have to start creating more solutions that enable that kind of investment. So I think one of the opportunities that Black women should take advantage of is investing more. And I know that given what's happening in the market and in the world today, that that can be um, can be sort of far, far away. However, I would say we always like to buy on a sale. Why not do so now when that volatility is really causing downward pressure on prices? You now is a great time to start thinking about what is it that I want to invest in? How can I invest more? And that's really one of the opportunities we see with Black women and Black people more generally, that even though Black women are doing well and amassing wealth in different ways, there's still hesitancy around the stock market. And that's an opportunity. And really the opportunity to create true generational wealth comes with making your money work for you by investing it in something that's going to grow. 
you know, look, we've always been skeptical. I know my grandmother has from the jump was like, I like to drive by my money. Like I, I get it. So I think that that is something that, you know, it's understandable why we would be skeptical of a system that wasn't built with in mind. But I think now what you're seeing is you're seeing breakthroughs. You're seeing Black CEOs of publicly traded companies. You're seeing Black leaders in financial services institutions. And I think more and more, the best way to get catered to is as a client. And when you're putting that money to work in the system, that means that the system is going to be working on behalf of you because the power of the Black dollar is undeniable. We've seen that same kind of catering happen in consumers. For consumers, we need to see that same kind of tailored solutions happen for investors as well. So I would say the first thing we have to do is really face our fears, point blank. And I think that we, when it comes to money, we, we will rarely make great decisions if we're making them from fear instead of equity. So the very first thing is to face your fear. What is it? Is it fear of losing money? Is it a broader fear, fear of having to work and not being able to retire? fear of losing your home, fear of going into debt. You have to face it head on and then turn it into freedom. So for example, if your fear is, I don't know when I'm going to be able to retire, then the freedom aspect of that is I will be able to choose when I retire and how I retire. I will be, I will have that power and it will be within my control. So once you face your fear head on, then you have to think about what that plan would be. Mm. So in order to be able to, because money is a tool, right? And I think we have to, it's always serving someone and we have to make sure that it's serving us, right? So when you think about the tool of money, it's sort of, if your goal and the biggest fear that you have and what you need to feel financially secure is the ability to retire, then you start making sure that your money is serving you in that retirement space. So whether it be an investment in your company's retirement program, whether it be you looking at other areas outside of retirement, such as an annuity that are going to continue to, to pay you in retirement, you want to be able to serve that, that critical priority, whatever's a priority for you first, because we all have different priorities. And so tackling that fear head on is the first step to ensuring that we're making the right money moves that will serve us. Well, it's never too late to get started in investing, but your path may be different. So for example, and I love that comment about making sure it doesn't just sit in the bank because your dollar is losing purchasing power every day. And we see it in the price of gas and the price of milk and the price of anything, groceries, anything that you can see. So your money is losing value if, it's, if you don't put it to work. And when you think about investing, so if you're 40, if you're 50, even if you're 60, when we think about what the returns in the market have been, if you did something completely down the middle of the road, like invest in the S&P 500, and that means like the largest 500 companies that make up that index your money would have returned more than 200% over the last 10 years. So we need to think about that in terms of investing for the long haul. Now, depending on how old you are and where you are at the stage in life for investing, it might, it might adjust the percentage that you put to work, right? For example, if you are 
younger when you invest, you have the ability to withstand a lot more volatility, a lot more of the ups and downs in the market than someone who is nearing retirement. But that still means that money is going to be put to work for you. And your goals might be different. For example, you might be investing for growth when you are younger, but as you age, you then change and start investing um, for capital preservation, meaning you want the value of your money to go up, but never to, to minimize that downside risk. My mom started investing for the very first time when she retired. She was 59 and a half, you know, so she started investing at 60. And what she did is that she was looking for local resources. She found she I call it her AARP crew that she can trust. And they were learned on that learning journey together. And Ethan were getting advice and coming back to the middle and saying, hey, what did you learn? What did you learn? And then I was always on speed dial to explain anything, any questions they had Mm -hmm. about terms that they didn't encounter. And so, you know, it's to this day that my mom is now talking to me about crypto. It's never too late to start. And I also think it's never too early as well. To the point of we were never taught this, we have to stop that cycle somewhere. So we have to start talking to our children about investing, about making choices differently. Um, My nieces all have investing accounts and they're teenagers and they love it. And I think we're this generation is different in the sense that they are constantly looking things up and using the internet. And so when they want to invest in something, they invest in what they know. That's the rule of thumb. You have to make a proposal on why that investment makes sense for them. So, and also it's really interesting because kids sort of track trends. So if they love a movie and we're like, okay, Let's figure out who's the, who's the producer of that movie. Is that a Disney movie? Let's think about doing that. And if, if there's a game that they really like, who is the producer of that game? And that's how we're sort of working it through with them. But that same concept applies more broadly that you really want to look at those trends that are shaping our future, whether it's healthcare or technology or something else, and figure out how you want to invest in them. Because when you take a look, at how in folks are building wealth, the wealthiest families are building wealth with investments. And while we traditionally have created different paths to wealth through entrepreneurship um, you know, and real estate and what have you, those are longer journeys many times. And, and so once you have that wealth, what often we don't do is we don't make the wealth work for us. So we put in all of our sweat equity and our labor to create wealth. And then we continue doing that and we don't pivot our mindset from wealth creation to wealth preservation and generational wealth. And so that for me is, if there's any sense of urgency that I can impart, it's definitely think about investing now. And so that is the thing that I think stands out for me as as really a critical area um, for us to start. And I think there's a couple ways you can think about doing that. I think the other opportunity that I thought was so incredible is um, Black people and their commitment to the community. And I think, you know, it's one that I grew up with, but the way we're thinking about giving back is largely through philanthropy. And philanthropy is a wonderful tool to give back, but we can also do so with the way that we invest. We can think about, I think someone mentioned you can invest in Black women-owned businesses, and studies are showing that on average when we think about Black 
businesses and black fund managers, when you, you know, the cream is often rising to the top. And what we're seeing is that in order to even break through in these industries, you, by nature of that breakthrough, you are getting incredibly excellent CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, fund managers, investment decision makers, because they've had to be. So it's, there's almost like a, uh, an embedded selection tool when you're working with um, Black people and other people of color who are out in the world as entrepreneurs and investors. Yeah, equity investment really sort of runs the gamut. And I think of two big areas to think through. So one is what I would call traditional stock market investing. That's the liquid space, right? And so you can invest in the market, you can invest in mutual funds or any sort of liquid vehicle. And when I say liquid, it means that you can get your money back the next day or, or within a day, right? So that's equity investing. Then we see another world, which is what I would call private equity investing, which is not the stock market, but it is when you're investing in private companies. Think of the next Google before it even becomes known as that or the next Tesla, right? And those, and that means you have to be willing to have your money um, not be available to you for a good five to eight years. But the payoff for that Ill illiquidity is generally higher because you don't have access to that money that when you think about real estate investing, there's two pots, right? So um, there's owning individual properties, which is what my family used to do a lot of, where you are either owning residential or commercial properties, you're responsible as a property owner and you're collecting rent. But I actually think the best way to start with this is to think about investing in real estate through the market where your risk is spread out amongst a number of properties. So you think about real estate funds, for example, where they own thousands of properties. And you can learn about real estate investing through sort of through the expert minds that you have working on your behalf. And I think that's a really good way to start. And it, it sort of diversifies your risk. And we like that a lot. So in investing in one property in one city where the market could go soft, you're investing in many others. So I think that's one way to think about that. I, another way to think about um, learning about the real estate market is I definitely uh, I've seen those infomercials, but <laughs> I honestly think that you should take a look and talk with real estate brokers. There is a black real estate uh, brokers association that is wonderful in terms of the resource and you can work with them. And there are people who operate both on the buy side and the sales side. And they are incredible resources that are available to really understand how does it all work? What are the hidden costs um, in buying real estate and the carrying costs that you have in keeping that real estate? Can you really rent out a property in order to cover the mortgage that you have for that? Um, does that make sense for you? Do you want the, will you be able to, for example, outsource to a property management company if you don't want the hassle of keeping up with tenants? Those are all things that realtors are incredible resources for because they are tried and true, have been in the market for quite some time and have seen everything. So I think my recommendation would be, one, if, you're, if you want to put money to work right away, do it through a more liquid real estate investing um, through the markets. And if you want to, as you learn, talking to a, a real estate broker is, is one of the best things that I would say to get started. 
two, for me, it was important to demonstrate that there are Black people who are thriving and doing well, and yes. and we are growing in numbers daily. There's not, there's uh, sometimes there's a sense that uh, that the only Black wealth you see is you see it on your screen, whether it's a, an actor or an athlete. And while those are awesome ways to to earn wealth, and I have a colleague who runs the athletes in an entertainer's division, he's wonderful. That's not the only way. And so for me, it was really important to paint a broader picture of what Black wealth could look like mm -hmm. and, and to have it recognized that there are various ways to earn it. So that's, that's one thing. And then I think it was important to understand from people who have been there, because many of the millionaires we talked to were first generation yeah. millionaires. And so hearing their trajectory could shine a light for so many other individuals, sort of how did they get there? And, and that the pathway does exist. We need to, I think, do more about sharing secrets and in that for people who have cracked the code, sharing that more broadly with others. One of the most popular phrases we had when we talked to um, Black millionaires was, your wealth, your decision. <laughs> and they loved that. They, it was their money and they didn't want to um, release agency or advocacy over it, even though it had grown in amount. It's kind of like what I think about Oprah, where she says, I sign my own checks. No one else signs my checks for me. I sign my own checks all the time. And what we're finding is that that sort of accountability and mindset is something that everyone should be getting engaged in. So it comes up often when we think about having, um, I think your wealth cabinet, and I've talked about before that there should be, you should not be in this alone. You should be looking at um, getting resources and advice from different areas of, uh, that have expertise. So lawyers, um, advisors, whomever, and you don't necessarily have to work with them, but you certainly, they are robust resources for you. And for the agency that we talked about, a lot of our Black investors have advisors. They have someone trusted that they're working with. But we have that old adage of, I'm going to, I trust you, but I'm going to check on you. 80% of Black investors, they trusted their advisor, but they were out there verifying the advice that they got with others. And the reason is, is that um, these Black investors wanted to learn alongside their advisor. They didn't want to that. delegate that agency to someone else. They wanted to learn alongside. Mm -hmm. Happy to share <laughs> kind of secrets to success that I've learned. I've been in this business for uh, 20 years of advising some of the wealthiest families. And there is a pattern that emerges to creating wealth and sustaining it. So you can access it at UBS.com forward slash invest to advance. That's the title of the report invest to advance. So please take a look at it. There are, we chart the journeys of black investors, Hispanic and Latino investors and Asian American investors. And they're very different um, in terms of their paths to wealth. And so please take a look at that. And we want people to share their own experiences, their own wealth journeys, whether you are, uh, no matter what stage you are, there's always a next step to the journey and we wanna hear about yours. <laughs>